Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Maurice O'Keefe. Last week on the 21st of October, an extremely important collection of family papers, including letters, photographs and memorabilia, were all donated to the Kerry County Museum. This collection belonged to the O'Mahony family and Sir Arthur Vickers. And this momentous occasion was recorded for this week's podcast. And it all started with the descendants of the O'Mahony's, Kerry Pocock and her daughter Iva, when they arrived in Tralee at the Kerry County Museum. Really happy to be down here in Tralee, uh, bringing back some artefacts, family artefacts, that obviously will mean an awful lot to this area. Um, in particular, the visitor's book that has survived for a hundred and ten, ten years and um, has a lot of historical interest. I've also brought um, the brooch that my great-grandfather, Pierce Omani, wore on his um, cloak when he was wearing his uh, Celtic revival outfit back in the 30s. And um, uh, a little statue that Arthur Vickers, Sir Arthur Vickers, carried around with him in the hopes that he would um, keep him safe, which he did, in fact, on two occasions. But sadly, the last time, it didn't work. That was the time that he was shot and the house was burnt down. Kilmorna house was burnt down. There is also a miniature of um, Pierce with his stepfather, um, uh, Colonel Vickers, the the father of Sir Arthur Vickers, about 1857. A big document with crests and endless signatures on it. August 1840, 1858 or 1848, something like that, I think. My name is Iva Pocock, um, and I'm the great-great-granddaughter of Pierce Omani. Um, and I'm here today with my mother, Kerry, um, because we have been bringing um, a collection of family papers um, and I suppose significantly the Kilmorna Visitor's Book 
um, to hand over to the county museum. Um, it's a very uh, it's 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 a, it's a, it's a great day. Um, it's a poignant day because it's a hundred years ago now um, since Kilmorna House was burnt, um, and Pierre Somani's um, half brother Arthur Vickers was shot in April 1921. But we're delighted that the papers and the book are coming back to County Kerry um, because of their historical significance, which has been brought to light um, by your work, Morris, and by Jane, your wife Jane's, and also by Tom Dillon. Um, We always knew that the the Kilmorna Visitor's Book um, was a valuable document. It ended up in my my great-aunt Pamela Omani's house in Ballytor in County Kildare, where she used it as a visitor's book, and she guarded it um, very protectively. Um, and it was only my, so then my mum ended up with it um, and it's the kind of thing that we often wondered well what, what on earth are we going to do with this book um, so it was really um, wonderful when you then met mum and were interviewing her for one of your you know, projects um, and then came back and mum produced some of the family papers and the book um, and you know that was the beginning of today I suppose um, bringing the book back here. Oh, my name is Tom Dillon, I'm the historian in residence with Kerry County Council and I'm based at Kerry County Museum. It's fantastic to see the collection of uh, items and objects associated with Pierce Mahoney and Kilmorna House being donated to Kerry County Museum today. These objects and um, letters and photographs and badges and other items, they're a direct link to a man who was one of the greatest Irish people of his time, Pierce Mahoney. Pierce was a constitutional nationalist, he was an MP, he was an Irish chieftain and he was an international humanitarian. Some of the items which have been donated reflect uh, many aspects of that identity. He's, as a, he was an Irish chieftain from 1912. He became known as the O'Mahony of Kerry. And uh, this was a man who was very proud of his roots in Kerry. His ancestry, of, uh, his ancestry connected to the Mahoney clan of South Kerry. And he wore a brooch, which has now been donated to the museum, with the family crest of the Mahonies, um on the brooch. And this, this crest depicted a, a hand carrying a flaming sword and the motto of the Mahoney family is engraved on this brooch Lassa Roy Nabua meaning um, this means it comes from the Irish uh, we fought, the, the light goes before us to victory My name is Sarah O'Farrell I'm the Collections and Documentations Officer here at Kerry County Museum uh, Today Morris has come in and given us a trove of objects to look at and I get to unwrap them and find what lies beneath and what may look like a simple wallet turns out to actually expand into this gorgeous passport from the mid-1800s with lots of signatures and stamps and I get very excited about these kind of things. And of course one of the most important objects that we've got here this morning is the visitor's book from Kilmorna House. I've just unwrapped it out of its acid-free paper and going to perhaps have a flick through it, see what I can find. Oh, WB Yeats! Oh, look at that. Ah, and the biggie, Charles Stuart Parnell, September 13th, 91. And that's the kind of little addendum to a signature we like. It's really going to open up a good story for us.
Museums are all about telling stories and, and museums tell stories through objects and that's why these objects and items which have been donated to the museum are going to be so significant because they're going, the objects and are going to tell the story of Pierce Mahoney and it's important that his story is not forgotten because he was involved in, in the, um, all the major political issues of the time. He was, uh, he, he was a, uh, as an Irish nationalist, he was a Protestant nationalist, which was unusual at that time because most people from his social class, from, a, from the, the gentry and, uh, and also from his background as a member of the Church of Ireland, it was unusual that he was a nationalist because mostly people from that background would have been Protestant or would have been, would have been, and you, they would have been unionist in their politics. Um, so, um, from 1886, Pierce sat as an MP in the House of Commons in Westminster. He sat for the constituency of North Meath, which was the constituency f- which first returned uh, Charles Stuart Parnell to Parliament. And Pierce was a close friend of Parnell's, and he was uh, he was one of the he was one of the leading figures in the Irish Parliamentary Party, which was led by Parnell, and he mentioned him what an honour it was to serve and to to be part of the Irish Party under Parnell in his maiden speech in the House of Commons. Parnell was one of Parnell used Pierce's home at Kilmorna House in North Kerry as a base for home rule meetings in the area in the uh, in the eighteen nineties. And in fact, one of the one of his very one of the very last public meetings which uh, Parnell attended, and one of the very last public speeches he ever made was in the Stowell Square, just uh, only a few miles away from Kilmorna, and this was in on the thirteenth of September, eighteen ninety one. And on that occasion, uh, the, the town square in the stall was full, was thronged with people, one of the biggest crowds that ever was ever seen in, 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 in the North Kerry capital. And uh, Parnell made, his famous, uh, made a famous speech in which he used the words, no man has the right to set the boundary to Ireland as a nation. And these were very powerful words which have often been quoted ever since. And on that occasion... Pierce, uh, Charles Stuart Parnell signed his name into a visitor's book which was kept at Kilmorna House by Pierce Mahoney. And Pierce welcomed many, many famous names in Irish politics and culture to Kilmorna um, in the late 1880s and early 1890s. And, and actually uh, throughout the, the decade of the 1890s. And some of the other famous names which, which uh, signed the visitor's book included John Redmond, who went on to become the Irish Parliamentary Party leader. And um, this was during the First World War. And um, he, other names include as well um, Maud Gawn, the Republican revolutionary and the suffragette. Um, also the famous Irish composer William Percy French. And then you had the, the uh, uh, icon of Irish literature, W.B. Yeats. No one knew actually that Yeats ever visited Kerry until the visitor's book was uh, was this, was you can say discovered and researched. Um, no one had any idea that Yeats never came uh, that Yeats actually came to Kerry on two occasions, and um, and that is one of the significant things that is going to come out of the of the the visitor's book. It's amazing that all these names actually all the page, all the names that are on the pages of this visitor's book actually jump out at you and and uh, when you look at it because. They're, they're just so famous, and uh, it, it's in, and, and it's kind of hard to believe that these all these famous people came to a remote co- corner of North Kerry to stay in Kilmona House, of which now nothing is left, because um, during the War of Independence the house was was burned to the ground by the local IRA, and Sir Arthur Vickers, who was the half brother of Pierce, he was um, he was shot dead by the by the local IRA at that time, and Pierce was exceptionally. Uh, 
bitter about this and, and, and very sad about this to, to the extent that he never again came to Kerry. Dick Spring, or this is a very unique collection and it's great for the museum. I mean, there's a lot of history, some history, uh, difficult history in relation to Kilmorna House, uh, but I think we have to look at our history and understand it and I think this will help a lot of young people to get a good understanding of the circumstances of Kilmorna House and the O'Mahony family uh, who were there for many, many years. I'm the Cahirlach of Kerry County Council, Jimmy Maloney, from Listowel. Yeah, Kilmorna House, you know, it's just a few miles from where I was born. It's synonymous with history in North Kerry, and perhaps its demise during the War of Independence has overshadowed its wider importance over many years, including the importance of those who lived there, today, lived there at the time. And the collection we placed today in the museum is hugely important from the county from a historical perspective and a positive impact on tourism. Uh, notably the North Kerry Greenway, of course, which would be passing through Pascal Kilmore and will reveal the history that was unknown until now and to a wider audience. So I'm just perusing the letter here that uh, is probably one of the most significant objects being donated today. Uh, the letter writ- written by Pierce Mahoney just a few minutes after the bill has passed. And I think what really stands out to me is like the first sentence, you may suppose I am very happy at this moment. There's real in emotion being expressed and like this is 1829 this is a man of status writing this to express emotion like that is something that we rarely see in many ways this kind of fires off more like a text that you would send off today and being like oh it passed this is amazing i'm delighted lads do you know like you'd send into your whatsapp group of like your your advocacy group yay we did it (laughs) (laughs) what a wonderful exhibition we have here in front of us Uh, I'm so glad that these papers were preserved uh, and that they have survived over 100 years plus uh, because they're a very important part of the history of Kerry, indeed the history of Ireland. They're of huge significance and particularly the letter from Pierce Mahoney written on the 10th of April 1829 from the House of Lords. Uh, My understanding is that he was Parliamentary Secretary to the repeal movement uh, at that time, worked very closely obviously with Daniel O'Connell and he wanted to communicate to his brother David uh, by letter, obviously, as you said yourself, no tweets or messaging at that time, that the Catholic Emancipation Bill had gone through the House and had got the royal assent. And that was so significant in the history of our country after hundreds of years of oppression to actually, and what Daniel O'Connell had been working all his life for was Catholic Emancipation. Um, Pierce was a lifelong friend of Daniel O'Connell, the liberator, and O'Connell of... uh, the two, both of them were Kerry men. Um, Daniel O'Connell led the campaign for Catholic emancipation, and it, it, that culminated eventually in the passing of the the uh, Catholic Emancipation Bill through Parliament. And there's a letter actually written written by Pierce Mahoney, who was present that day in the Palace of Westminster in London, in the House of Lords, when this famous. Uh, legislation, this famous act of parliament was was given royal assent and became law and this is a hugely significant moment not alone in Irish history but also in world history as well because when this law was passed it it overturned the laws which which discriminated against millions of people um, basically on the grounds of their religion and that's that um, campaign, which was led by O'Connell and was achieved through peaceful means, and that's a, that's a huge thing to underline as well, was that it was achieved through peaceful means. Um, that was um, 
that, that, was, that inspired many other uh, freedom movements around the world, including um, Connell uh, um, spoke at anti-slavery meetings as well. And, and again, those kind of emancipation movements were again inspired by, by O'Connell's um, campaign to have Catholic emancipation granted. But Pierce Mahoney was in the House of Lords that day. He, uh, he was there at, at uh, the bar of the House and he was there to witness the royal assent being given to the, the Home Rule Bill. And just five minutes later then, he put pen to paper and he wrote that letter. So that letter is actually a direct link to that moment in time, from the present all the way back through the centuries, to that very historic moment in, in, in world history, you could, you could say. Things and events happen during your lifetime that you will never forget. You know, I know where I was when I heard that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Uh, I know when Princess Diana was on the news at 8 o'clock in the morning, you will never forget moments like that in your history. And in an, an interesting time in Irish, our own modern history, if you can call the 1960s modern anymore, um, when the gun-running uh, accusations were being made in Dáil Éireann, and there was, uh, my father said to me, you come up here tonight and there'll be a very interesting debate. I suppose he was also trying to stimulate my interest in politics at that time. Uh, and I actually sat in the gallery in Dáil Éireann for about four hours that night. It was probably one of the most tense debates, probably from the time of the treaty. Um, you know, politics had settled down somewhat between the 20s and the 60s, and uh, Liam Cosgrave got information that there had been attempted gun running, and he, I think my understanding is he went to Jack Lynch with that information and told Lynch that if Lynch didn't do something about it, that he would. He would go in and publicly expose it, so Lynch had no choice but to take on the rebels within his own cabinet. And uh, as I say, the rest is history. But I will never forget the, that debate in Leinster House. Uh, you could have cut through the, the tension with a sword. It is remarkable to think that in this house um, near Listowel, um, people, MPs from, from England, um, Liberal MPs who supported Home Rule, were coming, they were clearly coming all the way to Kerry to visit um, Pierce. Um, obviously, they had an excellent railway network to um, avail of. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, he, if I'm right, he was elected in 1886. Is that right? I think when he won, won his seat in Meath. Um, and um, unfortunately, he lost it then after the, the split over the Kitty O'Shea um, scandal. Um, but it's only now we really, as a family, are realising, you know, the role that he that he played. And I understand that the the phrase, which of course is still very relevant on this island now, um, that um, home rule is Rome rule. I think it was largely came from the um, him losing his seat um, in 1892 to Michael Davitt in, in Meath and the, the, the involvement of the, of the Catholic Church in that and then the, there was a subsequent election after it again. So he, he really was uh, kind of in, you know, in, in the thick of, of Irish politics at that time and, um, but he was rooted here and his, you know, his family were rooted here in Kerry so it, 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 is, it is significant that the book has come back here. And the other document of huge significance is the visitor's book and uh, how that survived. One, how it survived the burning down of the house by the IRA at the time uh, the, and, and the murder of Sir Arthur Vickers. And then how it survived in the family. 
moved throughout the country, obviously, all the years. And when you see those names like Percy French, John Redmond, Maud Gaughan, Charles Stuart Parnell uh, on his visits to Kerry. Uh, so obviously Pierce Mahoney was connected with the most important people on the island of Ireland at that period in our history. Yeah, so I think um, I was rereading through the, the, the visitor's book last night um, before handing it over today and, um, and I was rereading the article by Tom Dillon um, based on the, the visitor's book and it struck me again but very clearly about this sense of bitterness um, that Arthur Vickers had in, in, you know, the la- after the loss of the Grand Jewels. Um, and the fact then that he was taken out and shot um, in April 1921 um, after... I suppose the, his 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 fascination and his love of of Irish heraldry, um, and after all the decades of um, work that his half brother Pierce O'Mahony and Pierce O'Mahony's um, and the the Pierce the first and his brother David back in the mid early eighteen hundreds had given to Ireland. There was something particularly um, poignant about, and 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 hard to really to to accept that he was, you know, that he was shot. And I presume that my great great grandfather was obviously deeply upset and traumatized by his brother's killing. And I'm sure it was difficult um, because he lived for another nine years, and he died in 1930. Um. And I noticed, actually, that he died on Halloween in 1930, the 31st of October, 1930. So we always say, you know, there is a story. My uncle, as a young boy, I think about five or six, saw a ghost of a tall man with a long white beard uh, walking a corridor of the house Grange Con, which is where Pierce moved to from Kilmorna. Um, and there have been subsequent uh, sightings of a, of a ghost in this house. So, as my mum said today, you know, we, we, we kind of have this sense of him being a restless soul. Um, and I don't know whether it's maybe a little bit contrived, but I think the fact that we have brought this visitor's back, book back to Kerry now and these papers... Um, possibly, he, you know, we're, we're closing a circle and bringing some peace after a hundred years. Well, I'm Richard Page, and I grew up in Grangecon House, and it was in Grangecon House that I saw Pierce Marnie as a ghost. My great-grandfather, Pierce O'Marnie, was, I think you describe it, as a pretty extraordinary character. He was very capable. He won a lot of prizes, prizes in agriculture and botany, and he was a, an MP and a very outspoken MP. The fact that I saw him at a ghost possibly doesn't surprise me because he was a sort of character that would have been very hard to put to rest, totally. But obviously Kerry, he was very proud of being the Omani of Kerry. And the fact that there's been such recognition 
and interest in the life and the history of the Omanis, and particularly him and his immediate ancestors. And all those papers are now back in the museum in Kerry. Will probably, you know, be uh, uh, maybe put him to put him to rest finally, and we hope that we won't see nobody will see his ghost again. Back in 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 the nineteenth century, the whole there was a, the whole social structure of Ireland revolved around. Um, whether you were born with blue blood, for, for want of a better expression, that you, if, if you were born as gentry, noble stock, you were in a different social class automatically. And, and a society was almost defined along those lines. And a key part of, of claiming that, that, um, that social um, grade for yourself was that your, your family had an armigerous ancestry, that they, that they had heraldry. So that's why the, the office of Ulster King of Arms was so important, because it pleased the use of arms, that not, not just anyone could assume a court of arms. They had to be granted officially, and they were, that was done through the office of arms in Dublin Castle, of which um, Sir Arthur Vickers was, was um, the, the, uh, the, the, the chief officer there. And um, as, as Ulster King of Arms, he was also the deputy keeper of the Irish Crown Jewels. Now, the Crown Jewels were the regalia of, uh, of uh, stars and chains and, uh, which were worn um, by the Lord Lieutenant as the, the Grand Master of the Order of St. Patrick. The Order of St. Patrick was the Order of Knighthood for Ireland. And when King Edward VII was visiting Ireland, he was due to visit Ireland in, um, in, in, in 19 in the early part of the 20th century, and it was discovered only days before his arrival in Dublin that the jewels were missing from the safe in which they were kept in Dublin Castle. Sir Arthur Vickers was given the blame for their loss, and he lost his position as Ulster King of Arms. And he was very bitter about that because he spent the rest of his life with Pierce Mahoney, his, his half-brother Pierce, uh, trying to clear his name. Um, I'm Kay Cable. Um, I'm a local historian from North Kerry. Um, my remembrance of uh, Kilmorna was through my mother, who was a teacher. Uh, she was originally from Dewa, which was across the river from Kilmorna, and she was a teacher in Kilmorna in the National School there. It was called Island Delhi National School. So we were always, when we were young, we lived in a historic house as well. Uh, it is owned by Lord Listowel, who, it was his country house really, and he collected his rents there. But um, when we were young, we were constantly listening to the stories about Kilmorna and about what happened to Arthur Vickers, and then we eventually came to the Crown Jewels and how the Crown Jewels were never found. So my uh, brother, principally my brother and myself, we kind of suffered from overactive imaginations really from too much reading and we got it into our heads that maybe what had happened was we knew what had happened was um, that uh, Gertrude, Sir Arthur Vickers' wife was brought into, Kil- into uh, Gertrude into our house uh, in 1921 on the night that he was murdered uh, so we were brought up on this thing about the crown jewels and they were never found and we got it into our heads that she probably brought the crown jewels with her so we'd find them and we searched everywhere and we couldn't find them anywhere, obviously. And then one day my mother was, uh, parents were out and we knew they were gone for a while. So we had searched lots of places and then we, we had a beautiful big square hall. Um, you came in the front door into a big square hall and there was wainscoting or panelling all around the hall. And we spotted um, split in the panelling at one stage and we thought, obviously, this could, no could be really the place where the jewels were. So I got a bread knife and he helped me and we started to take the panel off the wall with the bread knife. Um, we got it removed, now fairly cleanly, 
uh, but unfortunately there were no Jews behind it and we had to get back on again as quickly and as carefully as possible before my parents would return so uh, we searched lots of other places but that was the main one that I can remember that we weren't very successful so um, among the items being donated as well today to the county museum is this, a little statue, a tiny pocket statue of St Anthony. It's only about probably about an inch in height, and the story was told that this was this belonged to Sir Arthur Vickers, and the story was told that in May 1920, a year, roughly about a year, a little over a year, um, uh, less than a year, that, that he, when he was shot, um, the house was visited by um, IRA men. And they were in search of arms. There was a rumour put out in the neighbourhood that um, the strong room in Kilmorna House was full of guns which had been uh, deposited there for safekeeping by uh, members of the, the other gentry families in the neighbourhood. So the IRA men came to Kilmorna House and they demanded that uh, Pierce open the strong room. They threatened he refused. They threatened him with death. And the story, go, the story in, the, in the family was that Vickers took this statue out of his pocket and he showed it to the, the IRA men and when they saw it, they left. And he maintained that this little statue saved his life. So it's, if, it's hugely significant that something like this has come into the collection at Kerry County Museum because it's going to be here and it's going to tell the story of Sir Arthur Vickers and the story of Kilmorna and the demise of the house. The, the, the visitor's book is going to describe it in its heyday when all these famous people came there. But also then... Um, this this tells another sad uh, chapter in the, the history of the house. My name is Victoria McCarthy. I'm the Architectural Conservation Officer with Kerry County Council and I'm here today at the invitation of Morris and Jane O'Keefe. Uh, thank you very, very much, Morris, for the invitation. Um, it's been a most wonderful and yet humbling experience to be part of this event today. Um, to be part, I suppose, of the bestowing of such a treasured family heirloom to the people of Kerry. And it's such an extraordinarily important resource that has been bestowed to the people of Kerry. And I think as a student and a researcher myself, um, I'm realising the importance of a generosity of a family and the impact that an act like this can have on people for generations to come. The very fact that it has happened in the same year as well of the burning of the house is particularly poignant and almost emotional to be hearing the family's um, opinion about that and the fact that it's happened on the anniversary of that burning, um, which is a most extraordinary legacy that Kerry, I think, is still grappling with today. The loss of the great house of Kerry, the loss of these big houses and their landscapes um, has had lasting repercussions and it is something I think we are only now as a society learning to deal with. Jimmy Deanahan, uh, President of the Kerry Archaeological and Historical Society. This collection is of immense importance um, from a historical point of view and even there's a huge national significance because of the people who came to Kilmorne at that particular time, and the evidence is in writing here in the visitor's book, and especially that connection with Parnell, uh, who was a very close friend of uh, the O'Mahony, um, and also with W.B. Yeats because, and Maud Gaunt because of the literary connection with North Kerry. And in the past, nobody had seen that connection between W.B. Yeats and North Kerry, so probably uh, the... I suppose the landscape in Kilmorna and especially the River Field, I'm sure would have inspired Yeats to 
write some of his poetry. Overall, this is a very momentous occasion uh, for the county, and thanks again to Kerry and Eva Pocock uh, for uh, giving this to the county. Um, this is really very generous of them and should be acknowledged as such. I do feel emotional, but I feel that it's very right. Um, so I don't have any real sense of, you know, having to let go of something because I really do feel that the, that book and the papers belong here in the County Museum. Um, Pierce Omani and his um, forebears, Pierce and David, who were um, solicitors and who worked with Daniel O'Connell for um, Catholic Emancipation, um, they clearly were people who invested their lives in the public good. Um, they were they were they were well off. They were wealthy, but they did dedicate their lives to trying to um, better um, the conditions of millions of people here in Ireland. I think it's right that, it, particularly that um, that the, the papers have come. You know, they're they're. They reflect a, a family um, who who were committed to um, well Ireland's freedom and Catholic emancipation and public uh, betterment. So it's right that they come here. That's that's absolutely one of the most important items. But the collection as a whole is absolutely outstanding because it represents a whole chapter of Irish history that is you could say a bit often forgotten because it, the 19th century history is often overlooked. That the, um, often. Often the focus is on entirely on, on the events of 1916 and and um, and the War of Independence. You, you you would have to ask about the telling. That question has to be asked um, when when you write history and when you read history. Why is it always the the events of violence that focus is put on? Because um, that's kind of a distorted view of history. It's very important that. Uh, it, that we appreciate that there was so much more going on aside from, from military events. And actually the road to Irish independence is a lot longer than from Easter 1916. There was so much achieved in the century before that, since the Act of Union. Catholic emancipation was one of those huge freedoms granted, not alone for Irish, for Irish people, but uh, this was for affected Catholics in, in Britain and, and even in, in the broader world as well. Um, and that was one of the huge things that was achieved, and that was led by an Irishman and was achieved in peaceful means. And likewise, and Pierce Mahoney of, of uh, the, the solicitor, um, he, he um, was assisted O'Connell in doing that. He campaigned for decades to help O'Connell do that. But also then, his grandson, Pierce the Chieftain, he was a follower of, of Parnell, and he, he assisted Parnell in, in campaigning for Irish Home Rule and also campaigning for... Uh, on, on the land question as well to have that settled and that was another huge um, achievement again by Irish nationalists in the 19th century to have the ownership of the land of Ireland where, which was vested in the, the hands of a tiny number of absentee landlords to have that change hands into the ownership of the people who owned it that's a huge a huge um, achievement on their part and if you think about independence 100 years ago how the landscape, if that hadn't been achieved by those earlier generations of, of, Irish, of Irish politicians, the landscape of independence 100 years ago would have been completely different. 
My name is Claudia, Claudia Kohler. I'm the education officer here at the Kerry County Museum. And uh, it's nearly five o'clock, so we're at the end of a very long, very exciting and also very emotional day. Okay, so what usually happens when we get a public donation, which means not an object or an artifact that has been excavated, but something that has been brought in by the public and donated to the museum is that, first of all, it's recorded, um, it's documented, and that's our um, collections officer, Sarah, who looks after that. And it gets a little number and it's like a book in the library. So if anyone comes to do further research uh, with it, we can look it up in the catalogue and it will be there and it's accessible to the public. Then um, I also think what's going to happen with this very important donation now is, first of all, we're going to have a look at... Um, what, what what state it is in, what the condition is, uh, if anything needs to be conserved, um, what is very fragile, maybe the letters and the visitor's book. And then what usually also happens is that we digitize it so that we have a digital record and that we can um, disseminate that through our website and social media and again assist in uh, research and um, what we will also do is we will start researching each object so that we get a fuller picture um, so it's we're really at the very start of of this journey and at the very end of this hopefully we'll be putting the objects on display and we'll be telling the whole story of Kilmorna House. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 